Sie hören Sport und Musik. In a world where fans fight over whether to call it football, football, or soccer, two German men defy the odds and call it Fußball. Bringing you inside the German-American Fußball experience. And now, here are your hosts, the Schnitzel Boys. Doing welcome to episode two of the Schnitzel Boys, the Schnitzel Boys two full throttle, where we talk all things German and American football. Uh, I am your co-host Stefan Schnitzel, alongside my other co-host Bjorn <laughs> Schnitzel. Bjorn, how you doing today, bud? I am great. I will never stop banging my head to that music. 100%. So real quick, you were mute, so we didn't really hear that that this time around. I sent you a private chat. We're still figuring out our audio here. We're still figuring it out. <laughs> but so it cut, I played it, and we played it a little <laughs> – we're still figuring it out a little bit. Hey, oh, and we've got a viewer. Okay. We have one That's viewer. That's all good. A viewer, okay, it's one more than last week. I'm <laughs> sure we're not supposed to talk about our, our, our low viewership, but in the vein of the great Conan O'Brien who made fun of a show all the time in the 90s, I will adopt that same policy. Uh, but anyway, welcome to the Schnitzel Boys, our second ever broadcast. Yeah, we're very How are you doing happy, today, Bjorn? We're very happy you're here, viewer, mystery viewer. Um, <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing great. I had a great weekend, soccer-wise. I mean, both my teams won. We'll get to it, but it was it was a delight. Yeah, you had a big week. I had a pretty decent weekend myself, but but you had a quite a, a quite a weekend. Um, so yeah, we talk all things German and American. Uh, do you want to get into the American stuff first? I, th I think I'm feeling the American stuff. Do you want to do the German stuff after this? Sure, what are you yeah. I'm, I'm everything. Uh, it's, it's all, it's all roses for me this week. <laughs> well, I guess first things first. The Major League Soccer season is heating up, and we got about four or five games left, and we're getting into the playoffs. This is the most exciting part of the MLS season is heading into the playoffs and the playoffs. I love this time of year. So why don't you start us off? Why don't you give us a rundown on how things have been for NYCFC well, after not scoring a goal, what, four games in a row? It's been a 500, well, the, the that streak ended on Wednesday, late in the game in Atlanta, 509, I believe, minutes, scoreless minutes, which uh, it's feast or famine for NYCFC this season. Earlier this season, we had a streak of uh, a club record streak of multiple games where we didn't, where we scored in multiple consecutive games. And then now there was a drought, 509 minutes. It ended on Wednesday with a free kick goal from Iceland's Gudmundir Thoraransson. Uh, Say that one more time. Gudmundir Thoraransson. Gudmundir Thoraransson. What a great free kick. A Roberto Carlos style free kick. Yeah, Maybe not so much, but still quite impressive. I have uh, not been I have not been that happy about a goal in a long time. I mean, it really was had been so long that uh, I got I got pretty excited on my on my couch. I did not go to Atlanta, and then uh, so that led to a one one tie. And then on on Saturday the floodgates opened six zero against 
DC United and the DC first United. three, the first three in the first eleven minutes. It was uh, uh, it was hard to it was hard to believe. Tiago, and you were at the stadium, right? I was at the I was at the stadium. Funny thing was there was uh, I mean the fan base has been discontent. There's been calls for for to fire coach Ronnie Dyla and and one of those those discontented fans he brought a he brought a banner to the game that said Dyla out and he showed it before the and then 10 minutes in he was uh uh he was joking about throwing it away and then eventually he ended up <laughs> flipping it over and it just said Dyla and he was <laughs> why would yeah he, he's looking around suspiciously he's like oh yeah I just brought a giant thing that said your name that's all it's just a giant just says Dyla so not even an exclamation point. So, not even an exclamation point. Just a Dyla. Like, this is the name of you. <laughs> this is the name uh, of you. I know your name. <laughs> I know and, your uh, name. <laughs> by the end of it, he was leading Dyla in chance. So a dramatic, yeah. <laughs> dramatic turnaround in the psyche okay. of this man. <laughs> So uh, what kind of a chant is that? <laughs> like, it's not like people. It's not like people who are happy with their coaches go die la in. It's clearly in response to them wanting your head. Otherwise, they wouldn't say that. Well, so this... it's almost like it's almost like a compliment. Be like, hey, look at you're not as fat as I thought you were. Congratulations. <laughs> you are thinner than I. Yeah, it, yeah. This I think this started when uh, during the days of Dolmetoran, who faced sort of similar scrutiny and uh there was some dummy there were some people then that made dummy in t-shirts uh, because people uh, wanted him because out people they were there was a dummy out was trending on 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 twitter and so then they were the dummy in people so I thought yeah it was fine what were your opinions on dominic Tarod, the man he, from, he was, barcelona right he uh, uh he, well he was pep's assistant pep guardiola's assistant in right and and yeah i think he had some history in the barcelona academy he was at bayern was right uh, yeah, Bayern, he was. Right? Yeah, he was Pep's yeah. assistant in Bayern as well. Um, and uh, yeah, he was fine. He was, I think, um, as a coach, he was great. He had a little bit of, you know, he had to take over in the middle of the season for Patrick Vieira, who left us in the middle of the night, basically for Nice, and he then mm-hmm. had to come in at short notice and and kind of it took him a while, and kind of the team changed from being very good under Vieira to kind of. It, it just took a while, you know, as coaching change. I would have no it's, idea what it's, it's like to lose rarely... a head coach in the middle of a season. I have no idea. To go <laughs> no, to Europe are... at, around, well, at around exactly the same time. I have no idea what it's, that's like. It's funny that you bring that up because I thought at the time I was looking at uh, the Red Bulls for consistent. I was like, this is an example where they're handling this well. Chris Armas right. coming in. Chris Armas seeming, came in. Uh, seeming seemingly coming in hot and, uh, and being part of the system. And I was like, yeah, that was very seamless. Whereas... Dolme kind of changed everything and it took him a while to uh, turn it around, but eventually uh, it all, uh, it all worked out, except he seemed very thin skinned about this kind of thing. He was on Twitter a lot and he would talk about Yeah, spend a lot of time on social media and would sort of, you know, would sort of defend was defensive in press conferences about what people said about him. And, and it just it seemed like he didn't quite have the, and this is, you know, major league soccer, like where it's, this is all relatively tame compared to what like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is experiencing right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, but, yeah. So, uh, uh, but I think still, Antonio Conte is hanging out in Manchester these days. His, uh, his agent he, has, his agent is certainly well connected to the press. It seems like, you know, you know what, 
You know what Dominic Tarant needs a little bit of? He needs a little bit of attitude adjustment just like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's got to be alles klar. He's got to relax. You know what? In New York Red Bulls and NYCFC both solved their coaching problems by firing them and hiring new guys. You with Ronnie Dyla and us with Gerhard Struber. Struber. The Austrian. Struber, the Austrian right. man. And you know what's an Austrian song? <laughs> to the we're getting, drop. Play the drop over we're over getting the maximum yeah. maximum value out of our drops yes it's true 100 percent. yeah percent. Uh, so, did not have did not have that relaxed attitude that is and what's true. he been he up to lately i think he's he, he had a job his... he had a job in brazil briefly and he was fired there and i think oh wow since, oh since i think then, i remember that since yeah. then he has not yeah i mean he kind of We'll never really know what happened. There was some there was some talk that him and Claudio Reyna did not go get along, and Claudio Reyna was uh, looking to bring in his friend Gio von Bronckhorst as his successor. But then everybody left at the end of the yeah. season. Claudio Reyna went to He's Austin. Austin. Yeah. Gio von Bronckhorst went I don't know where he went, but somewhere else. And then Dome just quit in exasperation, and uh, that's <laughs> that's been the end of that. Yeah. I can't tell you how many foreign coaches have come to MLS and quit in exasperation. <laughs> Ronnie, that list Ronnie goes Dyla, on and on and on. Ronnie Dyla, over the last, I just read the stat uh, a couple of weeks ago, The Ronnie Dyla, of all foreign-born coaches in MLS over the last three years, Ronnie Dyla is the only one with a winning record. Yeah, you know what You know what that makes him? Richtig, genau. I'm uh, the master, butcher master. <laughs> That makes him the master, the butcher master. Sorry, I'm having fun with my drops. I got drops, folks. We just got, I just figured out the drops from last our, week, and we're going to have fun with some drops. Our viewers uh, are still there, thank God. Uh, thank God. Do you like our drops? <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe. But, you know, sometimes you'll say, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So, talk to me. So, what happened? What changed? What, what did at, what the, at the last minute goal? Did that just open up a can of worms? And now they're scoring again. Like what? Just t t talk me through the game. Six nothing. Six beautiful goals unanswered well, against we had the a DC lot of... scum, as we call it here. At New York Red Bulls. <laughs> oh, the Red Bulls. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you don't. Call we had some. We had some serious help from the DC United defense, especially early on. The first game, the first goal was was. Beautiful cross in from Malda Amundsen, our much maligned left back, who uh, has not been consistently great, but was very good on Saturday. And he got the assist, Tiago scored. And then there were really two pretty serious uh, flops by the DCU defense. Bill Hamid couldn't clear a ball uh, uh, good enough, and Tati Castellanos just took it one time and chipped it over him. And then uh, uh, on the third goal, the the defender literally fell down as he was uh, trying to pass the ball back, and then Tati just cleaned that up. So, And then it was kind of, at that point on, it was kind of uh, the, the goose was cooked, as they say. And we could have had more. There was Hamid made actually a few great saves, in the second half, Haber a couple times looked like he may get his first goal since coming back from injury. I mean, it was just a different, it was just a different kind of a kind of a thing. I mean, the team hasn't been as bad as the results, I would say. There was there's been a few games where, you know, maybe we deserved a little more. And I'm hoping that this is not that they didn't just score 
the 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 rest of the season's goals in one game. I'm hoping that on, we're gonna have more. Uh, we're gonna have more left where that came. There's from. only one way to find out. Who are you guys playing next? We're uh, at home against the Chicago Fire, who embarrassed okay. us a few weeks ago on the road. We now have them at home, and so hopefully we can back this up. Well, Chicago Fire, I believe, is eliminated from playoff contention, or at least close. Yes, to they it. have been. Yes, that's true. And if you're um, a team that's been eliminated, you either either you give up or b you play like there's no tomorrow. And when you play like there's no tomorrow, that's a dangerous team to play against, you know. So on paper, you'd think NYCFC should be able to handle the Chicago Fire. Uh, the New York Red Bulls historically have always had problems with the Fire. I, I, as far as the times, the amount of times we've beaten them, I think in Chicago maybe zero, if not one at best. Mm. I think at home it's also pretty limited. Uh, it, they're just a you know they're a tricky, scrappy team, but you know on paper you guys should be able to pull it off. So the the time will tell. Was was last night a fluke of some silly errors and a weird one night only type? Any given Sunday, some one night stand dealio, or was it the beginning of all right, you know, machin, machin, let's do this. We're, we're doing this, <laughs> you know, you know. And now, yeah, NYCFC has been doing well, but you know who else has been doing pretty dang well as of late? The New Much Jersey my, Red Bulls. No, the New York New Jersey Red Bulls. Okay, <laughs> or the New York Red Bulls, as professionally they're known, or the Red Bulls. Hell if I know. Uh, or the Metros, as the fan call it, or when they first started, they were called Red Bull New York. We flipped it around. Um, but either way, that's neither here nor there. The New York Red Bulls beat the Columbus Crew two to one in Columbus. A great opening goal. Uh, uh, then Columbus got the equalizer late in the first half, and at the death, Sean Nealis with like a karate kick style goal. Not as much as Sebastian Legette's, which we'll get to in a bit. Just nailing it in the back and that, giving us a two one win. We would have been happy with a one one draw. Two one win is great. That puts. Last week, you and I, NYCFC and the Red Bulls, were outside looking in. Now, we're, I believe, fifth and sixth, respectively. We're right yeah, inside we're, the playoff line. We're in. We're in there. And, uh, yeah, we, we might yeah might squeeze out a home game. We'll see. That's a big might because the East is tight. Yeah. Let me look this up. I think from third to fourth, I think we're separated by three points or something like that. Uh, excuse me, third to, like, ninth. Um, yeah. I should have Eastern Conference. Day. So it's going to be four weeks of just yo-yoing and up and down and yada, yada. So it's pretty much anyone's bet. But we went from, I'll speak as a New York Red Bulls fan, we went from losing six games straight, maybe more than that, un, un, unwinning. I know that's not the right word, but not a winning record, to now having eight unbeaten. Winning. Eight, so, that yeah. is a, that's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot for yeah. you guys. That's a lot for any guys, okay? That's a lot for anybody. That sounded very, Uh, that sounded condescending. Unduly, uh, that was unduly condescending. I apologize. Very unduly. Uh, You know why, you know why, you know why we won? Because we had a little bit of this. Yes, this is ich gegen ihn oder euch oder egal. It's us against them. It's us against them from the great Jesse March, former Jesse, New York Rebels, super legend. It's, Thank it's you very much. It's too bad for the, for the English-speaking audience. This is not as funny, <laughs> unfortunately. But we will not stop playing Jesse March's, March's German efforts because they are so amazing. Why, why don't you explain for the audience, the layman, what's going on in that little audio clip? I mean, oh, what did he, what did he say? I don't even... Well, what's, I'm not, yeah. Well, I'm not even. You may have to. You may have to play. He's it having. Play it, he's play having it problems. I'll play it again. He's having problems. I think this is it. Now it is me against you, or you, or them, 
or us against them. Yeah, pretty much he's having trouble problems conjugating his German. Yeah, he wants problem, to say no. it's us against them, but he doesn't really know the right words because he's being really passionate. So he's going, us, euch, uns, egal, means you, them, whatever. You, them, it's anybody. Us against, We're, it's us yeah. against whoever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So he's getting it out there. He's already much better with the German now. But I just love it. I think it's a lot of fun. So I'm looking at the Eastern Conference today. New England Revolution clinched the support issue with 70 points. Bruce Arena seems nonplussed, which is hilarious because of how important of a title that's been for my New York Red Bulls. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Bjorn, but the New York Red Bulls have won three supporter shields, I believe. I think 13, 15, and 18, I want to say. I, it feels great. It feels it feels great. I, I, maybe you guys will, you know, you'll know what it feels like at some point. But all I'll say is it feels pretty dang not great. This, it's not going to be this year. <laughs> no, not for either of us. But I always remember Thierry Henry and the great the great canceled Mike Petkey, one of our great coaches. Mike. Here at oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Walked up. Thierry Henry grabs his arm and says, you, you wanted this. You deserve this. You've been waiting for this. Gives him the supporter's shield. He shows it to the fan section. And we're cheering. And it's a beautiful moment. And New England Revolution seems not to have that attitude because they want the MLS Cup, which is fine. But anyway, long story short, they're at 70 points. Second place, 49 points. There's a 21 point gap between first and second. Philadelphia Union with 49, Nashville 49, Orlando 47. So between second place and ninth place, we're separated by eight points. Yeah. But eighth, seventh, sixth, and fifth. Uh, are all 43 and 44 respectively. So DC, Montreal, and maybe Miami will sneak in there towards the end. Maybe. Miami just destroyed, uh, I think, who was it? Toronto. They destroyed someone. Five. They, I should look this up. They had a great game last over the yeah. weekend. I think they beat We're, someone. Five uh, we are playing them on Saturday, Miami, in, in on the road. So on the, That's going to be a big game because they're be still big. playing. They still have playoff hopes, and they've just, like I said, they also you hit six, they hit five over the weekend, so they're also in pretty decent form. That'll be a fun match, the NYC Inter Miami game. Uh, definitely something to watch. Out and then, uh, yeah, and then we have Philly in our final in our final game. Yeah, this is all happening very quickly now. That's right. Uh, us, we did two one. We have DC United on Wednesday, so hopefully you butter them up for us. You destroyed them. Also, is it me or does the DC United coach look like the Colorado Rapids coach? Like every time I cut to him, he was he he was in like Colorado Rapids colors. It was oh. the DC United thing. He was just every time I cut to him, I'm like, why are they showing the Colorado Rapids coach of this DC United? Coach? I I heard that he is considered quite handsome by by MLS coach standards. Uh, he's people, handsome, dude. Yeah. I'm just saying his colors. He had this weird. He had that like dark purple Colorado color. But I don't know so you mean when you're saying the Colorado coach, you mean Pablo Mastroianni in, in his in I'm his saying the, D, the DC United coach. When I got, to be clear, every time I cut to him, he was he was in that purple shirt and a purple hat. Oh, the they had colors. The Colorado he was colors. Okay. Ah, okay. But it was a DC United. It's the DC United coach. It was a DC United hat. Why are they... Why is it purple? Am I, am I colorblind or something? I don't know. All I know is it cut to him, and I thought it was the Colorado Rapids coach. Just an observation by yours truly. Uh, okay, so it's real tight there in the East. Uh, let's check out on the West real quick. The West is not as tight. I think they're a little bit more open. Um, conference standings. Ugh, should open this ahead of time. The Western <laughs> Conference shows me the NBA standings. Come on, MLS. Let's do this. There you are. LAFC with 72. 
two points? No, what the? It's the 2019. LAFC, I was going to say, that's not true at all. <laughs> oh, Google. Now here well, we the, are. Seattle Sounders Western, on yeah. top with 58. Uh, and then Vancouver with 44. Real Salt Lake with 42 with a game in hand. So there is some action there, too. I guess I was mistaken. Fourth place, Portland's at 46. And then ninth place, LAFC's at 41. So they're also pretty tight there. Yeah. Um, a lot of teams trying to sneak in there last minute on both sides of the coast. So an exciting next, next few weeks here for Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, try to think other news and notes from the league. Um, we have the, yeah, uh, Inter-Miami do well. Red Sports Show. The, the, the couple of things I wanted to mention was, did you see LeJet's karate kick goal there at the death? I did, LA yeah. Gal- it was such a fun goal. It was literally just a karate kick. <laughs> so he's for a, those of you out there, check it out. He's a fun player. Yeah, maybe maybe it's the return of his form. You've been a little sleepy poopy the last month and a half. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he's getting back in the swing of things at the right time. So we need we got Mexico in November for the U.S., so that'd be good. Uh, the other thing is, if did you, you see had, the Tim Meal? Yeah. If you had told the Galaxy supporters that they'd be five points ahead of LAFC at this point, they would have been very excited before the season. Oh, they definitely would have taken it. Chicharito scoring goals. A little injured, but still scoring some goals. Um, Another news and note with MLS was the Tim Melia tackle on Christian Roldan. Did you see that? I did see that. That was crazy. Why is (laughs) How is that not a red card? And and, uh, it gets worse. It gets better. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, not any other Dwayne Johnson, it's not Dwayne, not The Rock Johnson, <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson retweeted it and said, this is a straight up WWE slam move. And then MLS, the league that officiated the game, retweeted him and says, I know, right? <laughs> Just like, isn't that crazy? And it's like, okay, MLS, but that's your referee association. <laughs> you know, they're just, if you can't beat them, join them. They're like, yeah, I know it is crazy. Uh, yeah, leaning into <laughs> leaning into your brand. Yeah, our ref sucks. Is that crazy? <laughs> Check it and out. S- speaking of ref sucking, real quick, let's see if you have any other thoughts on this thing. Did you see that great, terrible goal call in the USL? We're going minor league. Oh, here we have a comment from Celluloid Simple. Yeah, that was the Rock's finishing move. What's it called? He had a special finishing move. I forgot what it's called. Um, but MLS is getting in there and 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 retweeting it. And it's a uh, hey, any like MLS is dying to be like the Rock mentioned us on his Twitter. That's more exposure than we've gotten in years. So it's, I'm all uh, yeah. about that. MLS social media, they will they'll do anything for it's if if humiliation is is okay as long as there's numbers yeah as long as there's engagement as long as there's engagement those are the rules rules that we should also follow as well uh <laughs> one day the rock will retweet us <laughs> even if it's Dwayne, not the rock johnson even if it's just a guy named Dwayne johnson i'll take any retweets i can get uh so the usl had a game did you see this by the way it's kind of no, went viral it was, I, I couldn't tell you who the teams are i should double check it but the way it worked is a defender kicked it back to the back pass it missed the goalkeeper and it went into the goal and then the referee whistled it and said this is a goal kick as opposed to an own goal and the other team's like what what are you talking about why is the goal kick and then later the referee said there's a rule where from a free kick you can't kick it back into your own goal yeah however this was not a free kick it started as a free kick. It passed it over to some other defender, and the defender passed it in the goal. <laughs> so any ref worth of salt would know that's an own goal. So guess what they're doing? 
Guess what they're doing? They are going to replay the whole game wow. from that from that minute, from the 60th minute or whenever it was. That's and they're just incredible. going to replay that last 30 minutes. Have you ever heard of anything like that? No, I have not. It seems like I thought... <laughs> I didn't think that was a thing. <laughs> like, I, mean, I don't think it is a thing. But I think the USL Pro is like, you know what? It got viral. <laughs> you know, we definitely screwed up. We'll do it so again. Let's so let's just replay the last 30 minutes, which is freaking That's crazy. incredible. You know, rock, I, I've seen that. Yeah. The rock bottom. We're, we're told by Cellulite Simple that the rock's finishing move is called the rock bottom. The rock bottom. And for those of you listening Thank on the you. podcast, we have a chat here on the YouTube stream and the Twitch stream and any of other streams. And if you'd like to engage with us, feel free to comment on the chat and we will talk about it because this is guaranteed. a fan run fan. Guaranteed. At this point, guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. Okay, definitely guaranteed. <laughs> I can't tell you how many live streams I go on and they ignore my comments. We do not ignore comments. We will not okay. ignore your comments. That's true. The schnitzel boys do not ignore comments. No. You got something to say, we will comment on it. So we have the rock bottom, and MLS was all about a goalkeeper doing the rock bottom on a defender, which in normal soccer world would have just have been a straight red card for the goalkeeper. He literally wrapped his yeah. arm around and slammed him on the floor. I mean, all right, uh, Christian, yeah. Christian Roldan was being irritating. Yeah, I, I when I saw that, I was like, you know what? I support Tamilia. However, it is a, that is at yeah. least a yellow card, at least a yellow, but probably a, a red. He definitely went went all in on the on the finishing move. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that is our beautiful MLS. Like I said, we've got some really exciting next few weeks coming up. Uh, we, do you have uh, any last thoughts on MLS? I just have. I I think we should have a brief interstitial, maybe talking about what happened right. to Man United. Well, uh, two things. I realize I kind of the other thing. It's just worth a Google. Is the Major League Soccer players released all their salary information too over the week? And like usual, the top ten highest paid players do nothing, and all the most valuable players are vastly underpaid. Josie Altador, who scored a goal over the weekend, by the way, maybe Josie's back. Maybe <laughs> Josie's get back. He makes three point six million dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, which is was, which is good. Uh... Yeah, I saw but his goal. This, yeah, no, he's. I mean, just injuries. Injuries really have robbed him of most of his career. Whatever you think of it. Yeah, him. he had a great season in Holland. Some great. His prime in Toronto was really good, but the rest of that was a lot of promise. He, you know, he started his career here at the old New York Red Bulls and and uh, did very good for us back when he was seventeen. Uh, but you know, his career has been a lot of ups and downs. But you know what? I have a dream where he gets healthy and he gets in scoring form and he becomes that veteran off the bench number nine oh for a 2022 World Cup, maybe next to Bobby Wood. Who knows? This is going to be Monarchs, a, Bobby Wood. We're going to have a, an ongoing, this is going to be an ongoing segment of U.S. men's national team fantasies. The dream, <laughs> hopes, hopes and, the hopes and dreams of the U.S. men's national team fantasies. If you're we'll, counting we'll do that on, right after. If you're we'll counting right on after. Josie... <laughs> yeah, that, that is really that. That's yeah. Good luck. We'll do that right after our MLS unsolved mysteries segment. <laughs> that's right. You know, yes. Why the coach was left? You know what happened to Ali Curtis? Remember when Preki was missing for six weeks? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or Remember when uh, when Lota Mateos went to uh, Saint Tropez instead of uh, <laughs> instead of going to practice? Yeah. Right. And then Yuri Jorkayev famously went home to quote-unquote to his family during the 2006 World Cup. <laughs> and then in a live broadcast was just shown right 
<laughs> but he looked, he was just, they like zoomed into him like, that's the only jerk I have. And JP Delacamera, the play-by-play, is like, he's supposed to be with the New York Red Bulls right now. <laughs> that is weird. He <laughs> 100% got caught yeah. red-handed on a global broadcast. Um, oh. So maybe that mystery isn't so unsolved. But there are many MLS unsolved mysteries out there. MLS seems mysterious, but usually there are explanations. And we will, and we will uh, uncover them. We're thinking, we're thinking. What are you thinking about? Another one of my drops. I realize I should have had the X-Files theme. I don't. I'll have it ready for next time. Uh, and we really do the Unsolved Mysteries thing. All right. So um, you want to talk Manchester United, you said. Well, I have I have a drop and this is it. I don't know. Hopefully this will work. Yeah. That's Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. I mean... You had to kind of love it, right? What happened to you? I think so. What's the buyer's remorse? The Ole Gunnar Sashai? Or Christian? No, Schadenfreude is the is happiness at the misfortune of others. Right. Oh, In so you're case, having Schadenfreude I'm to having, Manchester United. No. I'm having thought, Schadenfreude, yeah. I thought, I thought you meant Manchester United has Schadenfreude. I'm like, to I who? Mean, it is, They're it the is, ones. Uh, no, the, no I, I mean, you know, we all enjoy... A train wreck every once in a while and this this was this was it no i mean manchester united has been a train wreck ever since sir alex ferguson left boom i just dropped the mic all right uh david moyes david moyes who was a disaster at the time doesn't look so bad now does he but they might even hire me louis van Gaal was supposed to louis van Gaal was supposed to fix it louis van Gaal boring didn't fix anything jose Mourinho is a freaking fraud and a con man and they found that out. Jeez, you see Jose Mourinho throw Brian Reynolds out to dry and his team losing 6-1 to Norway's Bodo Glimt in the Europa Conference League. And Jose Mourinho just blames his players. It's like, dude, you're the coach. Yeah. Roma is worth, I mean, how, how, how the salaries of Bodo Glimt combined is probably one of the salaries on one of the Roma's players, head player. I, I'm sure of it. Probably. Something like that. And, uh, and, and you know, I digress. But all I'm saying is that Manchester United has been, I mean, honestly, since the Glazers bought them, they just have been a shell of the former selves, and I don't know how to fix them. I mean, it's it. it what what sort of delights me specifically is that you know they bring in Ronaldo, and it all kind of falls apart after that, which is is I mean, because in seriousness, they were the runner up last year, and. Uh, you know, they, it was kind of a fluky loss in the Europa League final. I mean, they were not this bad last season. Well, what I will say is Manchester United being second place last year was based on all the other teams shooting themselves in the foot. Manchester United, I think, has always been as good as it's been, and their place is entirely dependent on the other teams. And the team like Manchester United... I like how we're talking all things German American soccer, but now we're talking Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is just Long a global story short, phenomenon. It's a global phenomenon. And I used a German, uh, I used a German word to describe it. That is, that's the, right. That's, and that's, that's, they that's were all just, we need. They were destroyed by the greatest German coach in the world True. today, yeah. Jürgen Klopp. Yeah. You know, they need a German coach of their own. You know, if Manchester United, I would spend millions and billions of dollars to get Julian Nagelsmann in there. You know what I'm saying? Why or would someone wanna, like that. Yeah, maybe. Money, yeah. money. I'm sure Manchester United could pay more than Bayern. I could be wrong. But I assume they could. Uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, I read an article where the domestic boys like him, but the foreign boys do not or something. 
And I'm just like, where do you even get that kind of information? I mean, you have to love like these a- the anonymous, you know, the anonymous dressing room <laughs> sources, which really it's just they- people's people's agents, right, falling over each other to to, to talk to the press and influence sure. the narrative. I the mean- Manchester United Press emails them surveys. <laughs> it's like fill out these surveys real quick, just so we could quote percentages yeah. in our articles. There was no, a. Yeah, there was an article uh, in the Athletic today about how Conte would take the job, which clearly was was spoon fed by Conte's agent to this to oh, this uh, reporter, like journalism, access journalism at its finest. <laughs> Conte is a great coach, but he gets fired after a year. So if Manchester United wants to win a title real quick, then fire their coach. Antonio Conte is the man. So hopefully they get. Uh, who is the other one? Zinedine Zidane, who I think would be an interesting choice. The, the, the Manchester United's problems aren't coach related. They're they're player pers- they're, they're player acquisition related. They're structural. There's an American phrase I think in NFL or whatever: teams don't win championships, organizations win championships. And I agree with that. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. the the New England's having such a great year because Bruce is running both the coaching and the player personnel. He's got a lot of great assistants on his side. He's done excellent scouting. He has the limited support, but support, of Robert Kraft, the great guilt-free Robert Kraft, the man who is immaculately... I don't know what I'm getting at. Essentially, I'm just saying Robert Kraft is dirty. But he will support (laughs) the New England Revolution, despite his limited resources. And they could very well win this year. And it's because they they just have everything, every part of the entire organization doing it right, and the feels are good. So Manchester United so needs mean, a whole overhaul. You mean Manchester United needs to be more than like the New England Revolution? <laughs> they need to hire Bruce Arena. I would pay so much money for Manchester United to hire Bruce Arena. I he'd probably do well, dude. I'm curious. That could go either way. It could be a disaster, like a la Bob Bradley Swansea. Or it could be a freaking success, you know, like he freaking solved it, which I honestly, I think he would do a pretty bang up job of Manchester United, man. I, I really do think he would. Well, the chances of that happening are about zero. Zero percent. Quiz, quiz, Bjorn. <laughs> I have a quiz for you, Bjorn. Okay. This is maybe, you know, this is, this is um, maybe before your American soccer fandom, but. Uh, Bruce Arena, after the 2006 World Cup, was offered a coaching position from a European club, and he turned it down. Uh, uh, he, he, to this day, thinks maybe he should have said yes to it, but that could very well have started Bruce Arena's sojourn into European soccer. Do you know what club offered him the coaching position after the 2006 World Cup? I don't. Um, I'll guess Athens. Greece. Okay, you're on the same. You're on the. You're on the right track. It's not Greece. The the. It's in Denmark. The club's in Denmark. Oh, it's right. a big hint. It's a big hint. So, you got one for me. That's just any Danish club. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, club in Den in Denmark. Well, yeah. Do you know any of them? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I, I will tell you. You give one guess, and then I'll tell you. Oh no, no. You t- gotta. You have to. I yeah. You gotta tell me now. A great American by the name of Christian Cappy scored there last weekend. The whole stadium was chanting USA, USA, USA. That club is Brunby. Oh, right. The great okay. Danish club of Brunby. I believe the first club of one Peter Schmeichel, one of the greatest goalkeepers oh, right. of yeah. all time. I believe. I have, to, I have to Google that. But I think, I think that's true. Right. Um, yeah, I think uh, Peter Schmeichel 
and Oliver Kahn played against each other when Peter Schmeichel was a Brunby and Oliver Kahn was a Karlsruhe. And Peter Schmeichel played barehanded. He didn't have any gloves on. Because <laughs> he's a freaking beast. That's badass. Um, yeah, that is really badass. And little Oliver Kahn is like, dang, that's badass. Uh, cool. All right. Um, I think it might be, unless cool. we're missing something, uh, is it time for... Play it again. Oh, did it not work? No, it did. All right. You, you just, yeah. Or should we stay in? America, America is because <laughs> we did want to talk Hudson River Derby attendance, didn't we? For a little bit. Yeah, I was just thinking that was pretty. Um, well, I guess, yeah. You saw that thing from Herc Gomez and. Sep Salazar saying, what happened to the Hudson River Derby? Derby, Derby, Derby. It's really Derby. Derby. Right? Well, it's spelled Derby because we're American, but it's a British term. It's a Britishism. So it's Derby. Derby. Derby, Derby, Derby right? Do they say Derby? The English say we Derby. have the London, feel, the London Derby. I, yeah. I don't feel right saying Derby. But is it what do Der- we say, Derby? Yeah, I'll we say, say Derby. I'll say Derby. Well, the, the, the Kentucky River Derby, Derby, right? The, yeah. the Kentucky Derby. So okay. Hudson River Derby. Derby. Uh, but it's not just the Hudson River Derby. The New York Red Bulls have had, I mean, ten like they have less than half a house every time. I'm pretty sure NYCFC has seen something similar. The fans just aren't coming out in general, right? Now, I'm wondering, is that how COVID-related is that? Well, I think it is, I mean, COVID-related to some extent. I think everywhere numbers are down. I think at all sporting events throughout the U.S. Um, but in the case of NYCFC, I think there is some kind of a... Uh, um, yeah, fan. The fan discontent is real. We definitely this Saturday, the DC United game. There was fewer people there uh, than any time the season. Once they started, you know, once they started allowing full attendance, this was a pretty uh, sparse crowd on a Saturday night. And uh, yeah, it seems like the stadium issue maybe is is uh, uh, becoming a life or death thing for the for the team. In the past, Yankee Stadium was the one place that people would show up for, and Red Bull Arena, our our sort of adopted home venue for part of the season. Uh, the <laughs> attendance, oh, the attendance. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, please laugh all you want. We deserve it. Um, <laughs> and people really were not excited about that. They nobody showed up for those games. And now even Yankee Stadium was very, very poorly attended. And I'm not sure exactly what it is if people are just so fed up with the with the team or uh, uh, there is something sort of uh, about the fan base that's a little fair weather you know like they're not kind of i mean it, it's inexplicable in some ways we're not we're still in the playoff race there's uh, uh, the season is not over um the team has been good for large stretches of the season there's been a, a, some of course, lately there's been a slump, but people are also very uh, uh, critical in ways that I don't always understand. And uh, there's just a yeah, lot of would, would you say? Would you say like most of the fans are plastic? Would you say that? Well, this is actually, it's funny you say that because that's what <laughs> I was talking to somebody about. Uh, um, you know, like we sort of reject this plastics label, you know, the, the Red Bulls fans call us plastics fans and we sort of reject that. But there is some something to that apparently. The the people really do not show up, and um, 
it's too bad. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. What are you thinking about? Yeah, we're yeah. sinking. We're sinking. We're sinking about that we need a stadium. <laughs> I love how. I mean, if you a firstly, I love that NYCFC is just like we. New York has a team. We'll figure out the stadium. It's don't worry about it. There'll probably be a stadium next year. It's like, are you kidding me? The New York Giants and the New York Jets can't build a stadium here. What makes you think a new soccer team can build a stadium yeah. here? But I mean, they're still if trying. You're, I'm sure it'll happen at some fan, point. But if you're a yeah. fan of the team, what does that mean? Would you rather the team didn't exist? Like, no, of I mean, course, I can, no, of course I can not. Understand, I can that has nothing to do that, with it. I, no, I'm I mean, just, that should a, be crazy. I'm saying from a fan point of view, it's like, you know, I understand from the league's point of view, in retrospect, maybe they should have not have allowed this team to start without having a stadium plan in place. You could say that is since then this hasn't happened, right? Every new team in the league has, has had a stadium plan pretty, I mean, we'll see what happens in Miami, but they have this sort of intermediate place that's theirs. And, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and so the old faithful, it's killed like multiple teams in the past. That's right. So we'll see how it does with inner Miami. No. Um, And and in their defense, they were very close to building a stadium in Queens. I I think they even had a pen to paper contract. And they just jumped the gun maybe a little bit too much. That fell apart and then ended up being much more difficult. And COVID probably didn't help at all. I, I, I believe a stadium will come at some point. It's going to take some time. Just got to figure it out. Um, and I the other thing is, I, in your defense, Red Bulls fans aren't coming out either, man. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know what's going on. Now, we, we, there is COVID, but there is a whole discontentment. I'll tell you, this season, right before the un, 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 unbeaten streak started, was pretty hopeless. It was just a squad of nameless journeyman players mm-hmm. a journeyman coach and we weren't winning anything we weren't playing super well either and the coach just went on the struba uh you know struba the coach who is mr uh maybe a little too sorry. He, you know, all, every week he'd be like the boys aren't hungry enough the boys aren't hungry enough and and, and, and it's just like yo that's you you're the coach. Yeah. These players won before. Sean Davis is a, as far as I know, two-time Shields winner. You know, like 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 they've played well before. Uh, that's on you. And then they turn it around. They they they're a little scrappy, but they they got their unbeaten streak going. From what I hear, the players are really rallying around the coach. They like the coach. They like Struba. So the, the, when teams win, people start showing up. However, yeah. they haven't been showing up yet. So I don't know. I don't know if it's too late or what. I just don't get what's going on either. I was talking to someone at the stadium on Saturday and he was saying, oh, it's welcome to New York. We only like winners. But that's not really true. The Knicks fans have been hanging in for how long? Like the, they won the first two games of the season. Everybody's We, we like crazy. winners. The New York Yankees is the only winning team well, <laughs> in New York. They haven't won the World Series. I mean, it's – and and I mean – Name your team: Mets fans, Knicks fans, uh, uh, Giants, Jets fans have have, have supported have supported shitty teams for decades with with great enthusiasm. So it's not a New York thing; it's a Free hockey teams. Thing. I think yeah. I think this is uh, uh, you know should be a lesson or or a warning to people you know who talk about promotion relegation and all these people by and large don't care that much about soccer. There is just not that level of commitment or passion that you see in Europe or Germany, you know, Germany, England, 
People are very, very, you know, they're happy to show up when things are going well, when it's nice out. I mean, even over the last seven years, you could see when it's raining, attendance drops in half, you know, right away. <laughs> like people, people, it's like, yeah. oh, it's raining. Let's not go. I hey, mean, by the way, it's it's raining here in Los Angeles. It's a cold, rainy day in Los Angeles, which is very rare. Mm-hmm. And everything is closed and no one is out. And the whole city is just shut down <laughs> because yeah. of the rain. And it's like, uh, okay. It's like I, I, I literally went to my bagel place this morning. I couldn't find it because the lights were off. They just decided not to open today because <laughs> yeah. of the rain. Imagine New York, a bagel place not opening because of rain. <laughs> yeah, but what I will say is it depends on the market. Like Atlanta does a really good job. Seattle does a good job. Toronto does a good job. Portland does well. Um, there's a lot of excitement uh, in, in, in Austin. Like there are some mar- – L.A. does a pretty dang decent job. Mm-hmm. You know, there are – for whatever reason, New York – and NYCFC was very exciting. I thought it was a very good time, and there was a lot of excitement at the time. But for whatever reason, it's just hard to capture the hearts and minds of New Yorkers for a long period of time. Maybe they'll just have to ebb and flow or something, or maybe it's more COVID-related than we realized. In a place like New York where everyone's on top of each other, it's an easier choice to stay in as opposed to go out yeah. a lot of the time, especially during COVID, you know. Um but yeah, it's it's something to keep an eye on. We'll see. Imagine if both these teams make it to the playoffs and no one's there to watch it. That'd be so weird. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll do see I, how it goes. Do you like that? No, 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 no. All right. Like uh, enough America talk. We love America. We love the MLS. We got super exciting. We got some games coming up. Now it's time to head across the pond. <laughs> we have yet to, to talk the mother about country. The Deutschland and the Champions League. Deutschland. We can talk about it real brief. Uh, I mean, the only game that mattered, Bochum. (laughs) Do it up. Do it up. Enjoy yourself. My my team, my German team, for those listening, is VFL Bochum, newly minted back in the Bundesliga. I have not been optimistic. They are a small market team. We do not have a big budget. We really are trying to survive. In the big league with our second Bundesliga squad, very few uh, additions. And uh, but we won last week in Fürth and we won again 2-0, 2-0 against Frankfurt. And it was a pretty convincing victory where we were last week. I thought we got a little lucky with a late set-piece goal in what looked to be a scoreless tie. This was an early goal, a very good performance throughout, and then a late goal. To seal it off, first it was Danny Bloom not celebrating against his old team, Frankfurt. And mm. then, uh, uh, yeah, at the at the very end, Paul uh, Polter, Sebastian Polter, who really seemed like he's just on the team to hold up the ball, like he would never score a goal ever. But he did uh, at the and end the of the game. Like a, and and uh, real quick, who did Eintracht Frankfurt beat two weekends ago? Yeah, Bayern Munich. Bayern Bayern. Mention the only so that means we are now so that is an incredible <laughs> turnaround after losing to them 7 0 a few weeks ago. We are now better than Bayern Munich officially. Well done, well done. We so that is a, a that is an enormous turnaround. And uh, does that mean that Bochum is the richtig, genau. I'm uh, the master, butcher master. <laughs> That's right, yes. Bochum is the butcher master. So, for those of you at home, or you know, of, of course, everyone's somewhere else, but uh, Bochum is part of the German Ruhr, which is the German Rust Belt. That's right. So, in American terms, Bochum would be kind of like a 
uh, uh, Marshall from West Virginia. Is that a little too small? Or 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 at better um, yet, maybe a Detroit or Pittsburgh. Yeah, I more always. Of the sh- I, I generally use Detroit as a reference. Yeah, as a as- yeah. Well, well, in my mind, Detroit and Pittsburgh and Buffalo. You know what? Detroit and Pittsburgh are Schalke and Dortmund. And Bochum's like Buffalo. How about well, that? Well, that's that's the thing about yeah. I mean, geographically, that doesn't make any sense. But I, I understand no, just, what you mean. <laughs> you understand what I mean? rest belt wise, rest belt wise, in terms old industrial revolution wise, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean the the geography is important uh, um, for those for those who don't know that Bochum is sort of squeezed in geographically right in between Schalke and Dortmund. You know, five miles or. Eight miles to the west, it's Schalke. Eight miles or twelve miles to the east, it's Dortmund. So Bochum will never be, uh, uh, you know, will always be a small market team, and will always have to rely on on youth and scrappiness. And I really did not think that they had enough enough quality, especially offensively, to survive this year. But I have now, I now have hope. Two weeks, two wins in a row, and a very convincing performance. We'll see. Yeah, let, uh, I should look up the standings real quick. Are they still 15? Uh, 15 14 even, right? We're past yeah. Frankfurt, yeah. Oh, that's good. Frankfurt, one of those clubs that, you know, need to get their act together a little bit. Yeah, Frankfurt 15. Ausboy had a very terrible loss against Köln, I believe. It was pretty heavy. And um, then Bielefeld and Fürth. Nothing. And Fürth uh, managed to bolster Jesse March, Marsh's job security. So... I want to talk about that game for a little bit. All right. Really fun game. Love watching Leipzig. Again, like a roller coaster. So at the end of the first half, Fürth had seven shots on goal to Leipzig's three. Drei. Grote Fürth had a penalty right before the half. So they were up one nothing at the half. You know, and I'm thinking, does, does RB Leipzig have Greg Berhalter's disease? <laughs> Do they have a bad first half, good second half disease? And what did what did Leipzig do? They came out, they scored, I want to say, it was definitely two goals by the 51st minute. Five minutes in, they were up again. And they ended up winning the game 4-1, totally dominant in the second half. And it was a great 4-1 victory for RB Leipzig. They are getting better. They are getting strength to strength. Still not 100% convincing. Uh, but because their game against PSG a few days ago still played well, but they lost uh, uh, to to a later goal. P- Unfortunately, Tyler Adams didn't have a great uh, opportunity on, 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 I believe, their equalizing goal, uh, and PSG won 3-2. to two. So they're still not maybe as strong as they were last season, but they're getting there. They're figuring out. I think, I think Jesse Marsh's overhaul is playing through. They skip the midfield. They play fast on the counter. Uh, but what I will say against smaller teams at home to play on the counter is pretty crazy. And I think that's what the first <laughs> half was. But hey man, they're doing it. They're going for it. And um, I thought they looked very I thought they looked very good in the PSG game actually and got sort of yeah. got a little got a little unlucky there, I thought. Um, yeah, and it wasn't all on Tyler Adams. I think I think he passed it, someone passed it right back to them that probably should not have. And then he was pounced on, and then it led to a counter. And I believe Bessie scored on that counter, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah, but only yeah. also a little bit. You know, it was saved initially, and then hit against hit, hit the post. I mean, you know, could have. It's a game of inches, right? That's what they say. Do they? I think they say about football or centimeter. Centimeter. <laughs> it's, a centimeter. it's a game of centimeter. Centimeter. Yeah, a hundred percent. 
Uh, the other thing, the other note about that game, there were three Americans all on the bench. Tyler Adams coming off the second half, and Julian Glean and Tillman, another great German American who has been in his limited minutes has been looking pretty good with Kreuter Fett. Uh, he got that great assist a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, one to keep an eye on. All right, uh, we had um, uh, Freiburg Wolfsburg. Maybe we'll save that one for later. We had Hertha Gladbach. Hertha won one nothing. But what I'll tell you is, Scally was Joe Scally, the young American for Borussia Mönchengladbach, was very dominant. A lot of most of their opportunities were created what, by uh, Scally. What what team? What team did he come from again? Uh, I believe he came from NYC. Oh, I right. He came from the Smurfs. The Smurfs. Oh, right. He's a Smurf. He's a little Smurf. <laughs> Uh, how many games has he played? Did you say that by contract he wasn't allowed to play? <laughs> was not to play no, his first I team mean, minutes. <laughs> he, he played. He played very, very little. <laughs> behind, Our I mean, boys was, play. Kate and Clark is playing. Fewer lives. Uh, Tyler behind, Adams played. He was behind Anton Tinnerholm, who was uh, the best right back in the league last season for sure, and pretty good this season until he tore his Achilles. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. No, Scalzi looking great. Speaking of best wide backs, uh, I didn't know Angelino was an NYCFC alum. Yeah, the summer, the summer of '69. We remember it well. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Uh, the reason I didn't re- remember it because in the news Charles Manson was caught. That's why. Uh, that's why I got I got overshadowed by Angelino. Uh, no, uh, when, I, when I say when I say summer of '69, that refers to his uh, to his shirt, shirt number. number. He chose. He, I mean, legendarily, chose the number sixty-nine for his. For his hey man, uh, that makes him shirt. a legend to me. I that makes him a total legend to me. He was only uh, there. He was only there for an for a year and a half. He uh, uh, had some injury issues and then left. But uh, he definitely, you could see that he had a, he had talent. He was definitely a talented guy. The dude that's how. But so, unfortunately, Lepa dropped it. But I'm telling you, Joe Scally is becoming a pretty confident, legit wingback. Ausbeuch Köln. Köln destroyed Ausbeuch. Ausbeuch in definitely free fall. Not yeah. like Bochum is doing much better than Ausbeuch right now. Uh, Bayern Hoffenheim. Typical Bayern dominance. Chupo Moteng. Does anybody score more goals with less minutes? Chupo I mean, Moteng. That dude the, human, the human victory cigar. Chupo Moteng. <laughs> Bayern Richard plays Union Berlin next week. And that is one to watch. I'm going to call it right now. Union Berlin is going to get a result. They're going to get a result, man. 20 bucks? It, what are we? What are you? <laughs> 20 euro. 20 euro. 20 euro. Union Berlin, I think 1-1 one, one or something. I think 1-1 one, one or 0-0. Zero, zero. Maybe even a win from Union okay. Berlin. They're, those people are scrappy. And Urs Fischer is a great coach. And if I were a team like, say, Wolfsburg, I would be sniffing down his back. Is that a phrase? Sniffing down, down his back? <laughs> That's not a Why phrase. Why would you do? <laughs> what, to, what, to what end would you? Uh, I have uh, sniffing all the way down his back. I would be breathing down his neck, I think is what I was looking for. Not sniffing down his back. Yeah, that's very much a... What are you thinking about? What are you uh, thinking about? <laughs> uh, okay, and the other game was Dortmund Bielefeld. Confident 3-1 victory from Dortmund. Without uh, Holland. Jude, Jude, no Holland, but Jude Bellingham's goal was like a Maradona-style goal. Yeah. You see that goal? Him running through everybody. Whoop, 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 whoop. And those are the kinds of goals you wish there were more of. 
and he was just a really great goal from a young Jude Bellingham going from strength to strength. I feel a little bad about how little confidence I had in this Dortmund team last week. I did not think they could mount a serious challenge this season. I still don't really, but I think maybe, maybe. It's just one point well, right now. Yeah, their point was Bayern mentioned up top with 22, Dortmund right, uh, what is it, sniffing down their backs with 21 They're points. sniffing whatever, yeah. And Freiburg, the only team left undefeated in the Bundesliga in the brand Chinese stadium, under the great Christian Streich, one of my favorite coaches, right behind them with 19. Maybe Freiburg can go in with a shot. We'll see. And they have uh, they have uh, Fürth at home next week, so there's a very good chance oh, yeah. that that streak could continue. Union Berlin's going to beat by mention, and Freiburg's going to beat Wait, they're going to beat him now? No, it's not well, they're going to get a result. They're going to get a result. They're going to get a result. It's not just going to be a tie. It's they're going to beat him. All right. Screw it. They're going to beat him one nothing. They're going to beat him one nothing. In, <laughs> they're going to uh, shut out. They're going to shut uh, out Bayern. All right. Are they at the Forsterei? The man yeah, from Kripenik, one of my dad's favorite movies, an old German movie. If you've ever seen that one, <laughs> yeah, I remember. Probably. Uh, have you seen it? I was going to say it's definitely before your time. Heinz uh, Ruhmann, Heinz Ruhmann uh, is uh, the main uh, the the starring the in the starring in the lead. Yeah, yeah, this is a classic. Oh yeah, I think it's called Der Hauptmann from Der Hauptmann von Köpenick. Yes, yeah. I found my dad talked to me about it once, and he's like, "I got to order from DVD." And I pulled up YouTube on his TV, and I'm like, "I'm sure it's just on YouTube." And sure enough, it was on YouTube. A great source of old German movies from the 50s. Yeah. All right, and then the last but not least, Flyboy. Uh, I believe beat where am I score? Beat Volsboy two nothing, right? Was that the score? Wait. Um uh, uh, John no. Brooks. Freiburg Wolfsburg? No, was that what was the score here? Oh Sorry. you're right. Yes, on the road. Yes, yes. On the road for nothing. So Wolfsburg in week five, Wolfsburg was the only team that had nothing but victories, right? I think I think they won the first six games yeah, under yeah. Mark Van Pummel. A puzzling hire, if you don't say so my, if I don't say so myself. Uh, Wolfsburg what made now him can't a, what buy made points. A, what made him a puzzling hire? Well, Mark van Bommel's experience as a coach was in Holland, and he did not have a winning record. He was a nepotism hire. I believe uh, someone on the Wolfsburg board or the sporting director was an old player, a friend of his. Again, I wish I had someone more from Wolfsburg to, to elaborate. But he was hired because in the great German coaching carousel of last year, how everyone switched, boop, 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 Wolfsburg were the team that didn't have a chair in the musical chairs, you know. Uh, uh, Nagelsmann went to Bayern. Marsh did go to Leipzig from Austria, yeah. so that was a little... And then, and then we had the, the uh, Marco Rosa went from Gladbach to um, uh, uh, Dortmund, and then uh, Oliver Glasner went from Wolfsburg to Gladbach, I believe, right? Uh, and then there was just a sort of a change of all the coaches just moved, moved to a different club, which is weird. Uh, Wolfsburg were the odd man out, so they found Mark van Pommel, I think, like I said, through a friend of a friend. Uh, and here we are. He's the first man sacked. One of my favorite Britishisms. Sacked. Not fired. Sacked. Sacked. He was sacked on October 24th, I believe, after not finding any points in four games, losing to... Red Bull to Brendan Aronson's Red Bull Salzburg three to one in the Champions League midweek. I believe they have zero points in the Champions League, yeah. uh, or, or or at least not much at all. They just went from being the strongest team to the worst team like that. Whoop, a total flip, kind of like Eintracht Frankfurt. So who? I'd be curious to see who they would bring in. Who are the available coaches? Oh boy. 
Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know. We'll bring Felix Magath back out of retirement Felix or something. <laughs> or someone. Stefan, Stefan Effenbach. Stefan, oh, I love for Stefan Effenbach. I think he lives in Florida <laughs> doing his thing. Or no, he's in Germany, whatever. Things on double pass. But you know who's available? Nico Kovac. That could maybe be. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe that's a match made in heaven. Um, but I'm very curious what their next move is because Wolfsburg had a great season last year under Oliver Glasner. They were they had the best defensive record. They were third place in the Champions League, and for everything just go falling apart. They've like won that. the they've won the league in the last twenty years, which is not that many teams other than Bayern no. who can say that. Grafici, remember Grafici? Oh my God, that legendary the the legendary. goal with his with his heel, the back pass, uh, yeah, yeah, back pass, yeah, amazing. Uh, Google Grafici Wolfsburg goal if you're bored. It's a great goal. But we'll see what happens with Wolfsburg. Um, other news and notes. Julia Nagelsmann, or as autocorrect says, Bagelsman in my notes, <laughs> has COVID. So oh, he boy. has been out with COVID. Um, and he has a second assistant who I believe is a former Bochum player, right? Dino Topmuller. Do you ever a Bochum? Topmuller. I'm Googling this I right remember, now. I remember Klaus Topmüller. He was a coach nah. at Bochum for a while. Yeah. Greg, uh, this is maybe his son or something. Dino, Dino Topmüller. I'm looking at because I think, yeah, his parent, his dad is Klaus Topmüller. It's Klaus okay. Topmüller's son. Uh, and Dino Topmüller played for Faufel Bochum in 2001 uh, to 2002. Oh, <laughs> 12 right. appearances. <laughs> 12 appearances. So and I he's could played be, for many I clubs. <laughs> I his mean, last club was his last club was RM Ham Benfica, whatever that club is. Uh, and before they played for Sportverein Mering, he played for FSV Salmruhr. He I'm played for be, F91 Dudelanger. He played for all of them, dude. He played for <laughs> Dudelanger. He played for Salmruhr. I'm gonna be stripped of my Bochum fan credentials for not remembering him. We're well, gonna remember him now. Bochum was the biggest club. No, he was at Manchester City before Bochum. Man, different times. He went from Manchester City to Bochum. Different times, I'll tell you that. Uh, anyway, he is the Bayern München assistant, and he has been helming the sidelines. Good for him. Uh, and Joshua Kimmich has come out and said that he is not vaccinated and will not get vaccinated. What do you think about oh, that? Boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Him and Kyrie oh. Irving, I guess, can hang out. Well, he, but he, he, he funds a nonprofit that spreads awareness about getting people vaccinated. That's what the irony of it. And he said he's not against getting vaccinated. He just, as an athlete, he's is unsure of the long term effects it. and he just doesn't want to do it. It's just, you know, maybe it's not super controversial. It's, and then when, when, when Nagelsmann is asked about vaccination, he says his team probably has a better vaccination rate than anybody. He just says that he has no facts, which doesn't <laughs> mean that everybody's vaccinated. I think he's just covering his own butt a little bit. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, I get guess. Get vaxxed. Yeah, let's just, yeah, let's do it. Are we getting, uh, anyway. We'll we'll save the booster the booster shot jokes for next week maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think I have to get mine around Halloween. Uh, am I All not right. gonna get a booster shot? All right, uh, well, let's on see. That note, yeah, should we? Should I? Should I start the music? Yeah. Any last thoughts? No, right? I think. All right. Oh, current Leverkusen, current Leverkusen derby. Anthony Modest, two last-minute goals. 
uh, uh, real quick, just a great derby. And Anthony Modest is such a current legend. That's all I have to say. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in to this week's edition of the Schnitzel Boys. Shout out, friend, shout out to our one viewer. You can, you're going to tell your grandkids about this. You are going to tell your great-grandkids about this. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, and if you're listening to us on the podcast, like and uh, give us a review, rather, on YouTube. Like us, subscribe us, click that bell, comment on us. And if you're listening to us, podcast, review, rate us, support us. Find us on the social means and all that. Thank you very much. Tschüss. Bis nächste Woche. Woche. Tschüss. Mach's gut. Mach's gut.